makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Chasha. Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart. It's a good day for all of us to be here. This is First Voices Radio. I'm Teokazen Ghost Horse. And I send you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Esopus, where the active breath of the Lenape Nation lives in what is now temporarily called the Catskill Mountains by the settlers Dutch and Americans. Regardless, they are the highlands of the Sopus. This is an all-native hosted, all-native produced First Voices Radio, and Liz Hill is the producer of First Voices Radio. You can now hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Buzzsprout, Spotify, as well as First Voices IndigenousRadio.org for archive, downloading, and listening. And so I welcome you all here to listen to today's broadcast and interview with, with Fred Leonard. And I ask you to keep an open heart while challenging your mind from the assumptions and restrictive education you have received from all the programming you have been trained to believe about Native Indigenous, Indian, Aboriginal, First Nations, before you slot them into something American. Fred Leonard will give us his story about how he came to write this unique book called Grandma Spirit Calling Us Home to Tayandanega. Fred Leonard is the author of Grandma's Spirit Calling Us Home to Tayandanega, and it's a book about his Tayandanega Mohawk ancestors from the mid-1600s to the 1900s. And Fred was born in Bellevue, Ontario, Canada, where next door to the Tayandanega Mohawk territory, he's lived in this area for most of his life. Fred has helped with the marketing and promotion of two books, and Grandma said by Mohawk elder Tom Porter, and what I need to leave behind by Elder Betty Miracle. But he has traveled across North America to meet and team traditional knowledge and spirituality and history from many elders and learn traditional knowledge, spirituality, and history from many elders. And he's done public speaking and is a social activist. 
Fred has worked on an environmental contaminants research project at Tyndanaga Mohawk Territory in association with Trent University. And he has also worked for the Environmental Department for National Defense. And for the past nine years, Fred has been running his own business. Well, today I want to talk to Fred about Grandma Spirit Calling Us Home to Tyndanaga, a book he wrote in the spirit of his grandmother. And I can't say that name. I'm sure you'll make make sure that name is pronounced correctly because I don't want to disrespect that great name. Fred, welcome to First Voices Radio. And it's just an honor to, to know that you are holding this knowledge and this wisdom, a traditional knowledge to further not just the Mohawk, but yes, the Mohawk, yourself, and the earth. Because to me, it seems all connected. And it's part of this reconstituting, this restoration, this uh, regeneration of traditional knowledge from Native peoples all across North America, if not the planet. So welcome to First Voices Radio, Fred. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I think, you know, let's go into what your trip to and back to the nations as you would, as I would see it, and what struggle that was for you. Growing up, I knew I had a Native heritage, but my father didn't know much about it. I grew up in Toronto, like you said, and I moved east of there to the Belleville area next to the Tainzanega Mohawk Territory. And... uh, I always wondered about my heritage and where we came from. So uh, I started doing the genealogy research and uh, reading about indigenous people. And I went to the Tyndanaga powwow and people there would say, oh, you look like my brother. Or you look like my cousin. That was the first time I went there. And uh, I felt like a spirit was leading me there. I felt at home for the first time in my life at Tyndanaga. But uh, trying to find family history, I hit a snag. Uh, my grandfather was raised by non-natives. So a friend at Tainzanega told me to see a seer named Doreen South, who you can find on Facebook. Uh, she was coming to Tainzanega, and so I decided to see her. And the seer told me, the spirit of my great-grandmother showed up, and she said, I'm Yundarahawi. My name is, she carries the basket. Uh, European name, Sarah. I am your spirit guide. I have guided you here from the beginning. I guided you to move to this area, to meet humble teachers of the culture, and to find all the books you have read. Your spirit recognizes Tyndanaga as your homeland, because that is why you feel at home here. Turtles have strong original instructions. Generation after generation, they follow the same path. When a turtle leaves the nest, it does not care if a new road is constructed or if a turtle crossing signs go up because its spirit calls it back home. It is the same for your spirit. I have called you home to Tyndanaga. Nothing can stop your spirit from coming back here. You are spirit, and you don't look at me with your eyes. You look at me through your eyes. You have a special purpose to write a book about my life and to write about what I will teach you. You will put my name down as co-author beside yours. On the cover, it will read Grandma's Spirit Calling Us Home to Tyndanaga. Put a drawing of a needle and thread throughout the book to represent the family being stitched back together. And you represent the thread. Other ancestors were present and said that it was in me to do this. They also said it is important to remember the ancestors before us so we will be remembered by the people born after us. This book was spiritually guided. It was written by my great-grandmother, Sarah, not me. 
I was just the vessel that did the physical work through her guidance. I was determined to breathe life into her story. As you read the book, you will see it is her teachings and it is her story. And that would lead me to, to saying, yeah, you just read what, what you had written already. But what I'm intuiting in this sense is the, the relationship that was in waiting for you. And when you're speaking, you know, I can come from the Western mind and play devil's advocate in this sense that this is nothing but a, just a mumbo jumbo book. But when you go through it, this is what we miss in this indigenous world, I mean, in this American culture, because we don't want to believe that we have that relationship because we are always trying to connect in the sense like ownership. We connect that spirit. We, we own the spirit. We own. But yet for you, it was your grandmother coming through. And I wonder how you felt when you first heard, quote unquote, the calling, but the presence of your grandmother and this is not going to be taken lightly for a lot of listeners, even Native people, to know that this information that you're receiving and has the grandmother speaking through you is somewhat not very well accepted out there. But those of us that are listening, those of you who are listening, it's not about you accepting this or not. It's about listening to the message that comes through in all all forms, including from other people through their ancestors. In fact, that's what we lived through and we lived through and then we voiced their messages when your grandmother's spirit and again excuse me for her name i'll call her sarah for this time said that she was going to help you write this book you had no idea what you were going to write that is correct i had no idea um just her spirit through me uh, i could just pick up a pen and a piece of paper and it was like the penguin was moving by itself it was just flowing through me. And then a lot of times I would look into things after and find out that she was right. It's like talking to me about the turtle stone. And I researched, I look, went looking for this turtle stone and I actually found that there was one, a large stone where she lived right along the bay that nobody knew about. So it was things like that. And she told me where her parents lived and exactly where they lived. And I described the area to me and it was exactly the way she said it was just explaining things to me that i never read before or heard before that it comes from the culture i just feel so natural and normal to me she's around quite often thank you for saying that it feels quite normal to you because one of our friends mutual friends is douglas george Canatillo, and he talks about what gets in the way of us seeing that spiritual sustainability my words because it's been disrupted and replaced with, quote unquote, colonial rules, manipulation, racism and oppression. So no doubt the way you grew up, you had a lot of um, doubts yourself. What pushed you through those doubts? Uh, Over time, I learned that most of us, when it comes to our mind, we just use the surface of our mind. We use it for thought. But if you go deeper, you can feel things with your mind that you can't understand through thought. You know, you spend time in nature, you can, you have a more of a feeling with your mind than you do thinking and understanding. Sometimes uh, you feel things that are right, but don't necessarily thought to them. You got to get outside of your analytical mind, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You, you know, the mainstream colonial society uh, teaches you to think with your brain, but you can do a lot more. You can use your emotion and your spirituality to understand things that you can't understand through thought, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
And I'm reminded by your grandmother's spirit guiding you back or returning to to your the thought of the Mohawk. And the purpose of returning to the ancestral homeland is is actually, if you think about it, the human presence of all of us around the world is that there is something that we're not really feeling enough to express it. But after reading your book, I'm, I'm seeing that even though you were brought up non-native, so to speak, that you're finding your way back to express what your grandma actually came through. And, and to me, that's like the library of libraries, if you see uh, what I'm talking about. And her guidance is actually our DNA. And if I could go that far. So what stood out to you and what was the the event or the, the, the thing that you remember and were convinced in yourself that this was this was reality for you, and this is what you must be doing, is writing this book. Before I saw her see her, I was getting messages about writing a book, and I wasn't confident enough at the time. I was wondering, is this my own thoughts, or is this, or is this Sarah coming through? And then when I saw the, the seer, the first time I saw her, she mentioned three times about me writing a book, and I didn't clue until after the session. So I booked another session with her. And when I went back, I asked her, am I supposed to write a book? And she said, yeah, so you're supposed to write a book about her life and she's going to write it through you. So it was confirmation of those feelings I was getting before I saw the seers. A lot of times I have these experiences and I get confirmation afterwards. And when you got confirmation afterwards, was that the actual humans, the, the Mohawk, your people, that identified you as seeing that's my brother that you look like my uncle or, or was that your validation and are they still your people the Mohawk still validating what you're saying and of course there's going to be some who are naysayers to what you're doing but the message is much bigger than you are oh absolutely much bigger than I am a lot of them it's, the book has become very popular at times in and elsewhere because uh, the uh, finding out things out about their own families and so forth and uh, uh, where people came from before Tyanzanega. And a lot of them know by how the way I talk and my mannerisms and things like that, that they know I came from there and they meet my father and he, they could tell from him as well. It, it was uh, just a natural connection with everybody. Uh, same uh, personalities and uh maybe a little xenophobia, but the same sense of humor and so forth. It's just, um, I felt at home there and they made me feel at home there. There's a part in here that talks about the home. He is along minding the, the home, the working on the trains, the, the uh, Great Depression and World War II and the Italian campaign. Go through those events for a little bit for us and why this matters, because it seems to bring it into a historical context uh, going as far as being able to understand the turtle calendar and all this. Take us through the context of why these events are mattering to this book. Because if you see see the seer, she has a Mohawk name. And that's just not some modern context uh, language would be a, a psychic. But a seer is something much different. We tend to think that it's the same thing because we tend to add subjective to what a seer is, and it's an anomaly, yet this is common among Native people that we have seers, so to speak. The story of the World War II and the 
the Italian campaign and all that, that was my grandfather's life. Sarah was his mother. So I thought it was important to write about his life. He was taken as a baby from his mother and sold by the church to a non-native couple. And as he grew up, uh, he, he worked on the trains. He used to work from the Montreal to Windsor, uh, on the trains, Windsor's down by the Detroit border. Uh, he would uh, hide bottles of liquor inside bales of hay on the tr on the train in Montreal and then get down to Windsor and have them shipped across the borders for extra money. And then when, when World War II came, it was just natural for him to uh, volunteer. So he was stationed in England in 1940. And then by 1943, he went up through uh, Sicily and Italy through the Battle of Ortona and all that. And he got malaria during the war and had to be taken by ship back to England where he almost died from malaria. And at the end of the war, he, uh, he suffered what they called shell shock back then, which uh, they would call PTSD nowadays. So he struggled after the war once he came home. And eventually he, uh, he lived to 55 and he died of lung cancer. He used to smoke tobacco and rolling papers. And so that couldn't have been too good for his lungs. And everything he breathed in during the war couldn't have been very good either. But it was important to put his life in there, what happened to him. Because he was the one that was taken from his mother. That's important to see who your grandmother spent her time with. And if I could be brave enough to be corrected here with saying her name, I'd rather say this, Yonter Rahawi. Yonder Rahawi. Yonder Rahawi. Yeah. This is awesome, Yonder Rahawi. And when I'm talking about the book, again, Grandmother's Spirit Calling Us Home to Thai and Denega, by, written by you and Yonder Rahawi, she tells about her birth and her life, her early life and the indigenous ways of being that is still viable because it's coming through these words, the protocols of how to keep a wisdom, uh, those wisdoms that she's passed on, your grandfather's passed on, rather unspoken, but also the Ganyangeha uh, language that was banned from keeping those wisdoms, yet it's still, it's still coming through. And what I'm reading this in your words between the lines is that you're having this this generative or just generations remembering coming through you like it's in your fingertips. It's in the tip of your tongue, the energy now that we all need. So rather than going into more aggrandizement of it, I would like to say that the, the base knowledge that you're talking about talks about the medicines, uh, even the words and what we do traditionally to stay alive uh, and yet live with what we've been banned for for so many hundreds of decades, you know, and I think about, wow, so Fred Leonard's bringing grandmother's spirit home. And, and what I'm thinking, what does Fred think about all of this? What has Fred changed in his life in order to keep this moving uh, from that energy of your grandmother? As I really gave my life meaning, I, I was never a spiritual person growing up, but once I got middle age and I started going to Tyndanaga and start learning about having to write this book. Spiritually, I've, very, I've grown very much. Uh, also, uh, just learned so much about the history of our people, not just Mohawk people, but indigenous people across the Americas, uh, the culture, the spirituality, uh, the lo love of the people, you know, the love of family, very family-oriented people. 
um, learning that uh, spirits cry out when there is injustice. My great-grandmother Sarah, having her baby taken from her, her spirit was calling out for her to be known, to let us know in the family what had happened. I think it's the same with the children who are found in uh, residential schools, the burials in British Columbia and so forth. People think that, oh, we found those children, we found those graves. No, the spirits of those children were calling out to be found. The, the spirits found them. That's what really happened. That's what I find. The spirits are always connecting to us. It's not so much that we're seeking our ancestry and spirituality. It's that they're seeking us out. Thank you for that. You, you tend to help me think about things a little differently. The wisdom is only asleep. Um, it's been waiting to revive or come alive. In a sense, it's been alive. But um, the waiting that has been offered now through the children to the state, as far as I know, Fred, there's nearly 12,000 in 11 residential schools uncovered out of 139. So the timing of this wisdom through the anger, sadness, grief, or whatever we're going through now as Native people is actually coming from carrying this time capsule. It almost feels like these children are time capsules and and yet your your words in this book is also a time capsule. And now it's it's revealing. And because we're we are gonna need this wisdom, not so much the information and knowledge, but the wisdom that you all are carrying. Any more words that you have that could offer, you know, why we should read this book? I th think uh, people can learn a lot spiritually from reading my book. It, it, we can learn about a lot about our culture, our history, the wisdom of our ancestors, especially when it comes to Mother Earth. Uh, we can really use some wisdom from our ancestors to come back to uh, get us on a, a good path to uh, save the Earth with the climate change and everything that is going on. The way we're going is not positive. It's leading to a dead end. But we can uh, turn it around if we just learn the respect and love for earth that our ancestors have had. People can get that from the book. Uh, they can learn a lot about the history of Native people, the culture, ceremonies that we have, and how we're very much alike, say the Sioux and the Iroquoian people and Anishinaabek people, how much we have in common. And Just to get back to a, a more basic of a spiritual life, you can get that from the book. Uh, you can learn about World War II from the book different things that have happened and learn how to do your own family history or genealogy research. I think people, people have came up to me and told me they've gotten a lot out of it. I've had people come up to me and with tears in their eyes. So it's, you can tell it's touching them spiritually. Grandmother spirit is available from the author, Fred Leonard seven at gmail.com and through Facebook with his name, uh, Fred Leonard. And, one more thing is, would we expect any more messages or words that your grandma will talk about? Is, did, does she talk about that all at all and wanting to say more? I do get messages from her. Uh, not too long ago, I was walking on a country road where I live, and this message came into mind that gossip is witchcraft. And I thought, did I come up with that? I've never heard that expression before. Is that from the culture? And then about a week later, I looked up Tom Porter on YouTube, a well-respected Mohawk elder, 
And he said that his uh, elders and his grandmother taught him that gossip is witchcraft. So I figured, oh, it comes from the culture. So she was communicating with me. And Tom went on to explain that uh, because you're gossiping, gossiping about somebody, it's like putting a spell on them. You're trying to get people to hate them, to dislike them. No, thank you for that. I, I think for some of the listeners who are non-native in this sense, are they often would go to, well, that's kind of being biased religiously because witches, there's no such thing as witchcraft. Um, that's what we are getting from the language we're using in English. But witchcraft, actually, the witches mean people of the forest who knew the, the herbs and the, the medicines of the of the forest, and that's often used in, in the, the evil sense, which a lot of Native people don't feel that that is necessary to exist. But the good and bad, because we can feel bad but not evil about things, and we often take it into the, the context of the you know, irony of um, thinking du- duality, you know, where it leaves out other dimensions of being able to, to hold knowledge that there's much more than just good and evil. So I'm not trying to make it a disclaimer, but there are different ways to think about what witchcraft is, because a lot of people will be offended by that. But you have to understand how Native people have been given how to express ourselves, even up to this time as we speak with our friend Fred Leonard. So with that, Fred, thank you so much. And maybe you have something to say about what I just said. Um, I do make a connection there. at times in Egan, I'm sure it's not the only community, people would easily be uh, labeled as witches if they were just going for a walk out in the woods or if they were knowledgeable about the plant medicines, they would be used as a negative against them. So that term witchcraft is thrown around a lot, it seems. Thank you for keeping this fire alive for a lot of people who probably think they're going crazy because they're thinking the same things. I'm getting messages and I'm not supposed to do that. and it's restricted because that's evil and that's not by the book. But I, I want to say thank you for bringing this this uh, grandmother spirit calling us home to Tayantanega by yourself, Fred Leonard Jr. and Yon Terawawi, right? Um, Yon Terawawi. Yon Terawawi. It's just so, so good that it rolls off your tongue and then I have problems with it. But it's good. Thank you for bringing her messages here and I appreciate that. So, Fred, look forward to the next time, and um, maybe we can do a more thorough interview one of these times in the future. But thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio today. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, Fred. Bye. 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 And that was Fred Leonard in Tyndanega Mohawk Territory. Fred can be reached by email at leonardfred7 at gmail.com. Yes, email him that in a Grandma Spirit calling us home to Tayandanega. In his foreword, Grandma Spirit calling us home to Tayandanega, Doug George Conantillo, author and award-winning Mohawk journalist, says, quote, There is nothing like Grandma Spirit anywhere else in Iroquois indigenous literature, but there should be, unquote. And Fred Leonard dedicates this to all the ancestors' voices that are crying out from under the ground to be heard. To all the ancestors who suffered and died from many of the foreign diseases that were brought to this land, and I send you greetings, thanks, love. To the ones who suffered and died in many wars against the colonizers who tried to exterminate them, I send you greetings, thanks, love. 
and to the ancestors who fled the Mohawk Valley during the American Revolution and had their villages and crops burned to the ground, they headed north with just the clothes on their backs, with children crying and hungry. They struggled as they walked for many days to the refugee camp at Lachine, Quebec. And when they got there, they suffered from the cold, lack of food, and inadequate clothing. I send greetings, thanks, and love. The ones who held us to the old ways instead of being brainwashed by the churches, who said they were evil and worshipped the devil, I send greetings, thanks, and love. To the Mohawk women who had many sleepless nights when their children were taken away and never seen again, I send greetings, thanks, and love. Finally, to the beautiful people of Tyandanega, who have always welcomed me back and made me feel at home, I send greetings, thanks, and love. Fred Leonard. And you have been listening to First Voices Radio. My name is Teokas and Ghostors, your host here on First Voices Radio. So small for a big woman, so soft for someone who must be so strong. Little daughter, I hold you in my arms, I laugh and am happy at your baby girl's smile. To say I feel good is not enough. Little daughter, I walk with you through the dimension called time. For what are minutes, days, or years compared to father-daughter places in eternity? Little daughter, you the delicate infant child carry the innocent reality. I pray for your protection, prayers to help you through this life experience. Little daughter, the times I hold you next to me, I am flowing an infinity of love to fill the times I cannot hold you next to me. Little daughter, I am always with you, even when you cannot see me there. Sister, sister, I want to talk to the woman in you. We're under siege in a troubled time. Sister, sister, won't you hear my voice? I'm your brother, but I've made the mistakes of a man. Sometimes it's lonely being a man. The programming has its effect. Isolation is such a cruel thing. Sister, sister, won't you understand? They took your brothers, turned them into men. Like they took our sisters, turned them into women. Sister, sister, we are all the family of Earth. They have taken us away in their nuclear war, taught us to compete and abuse and blame each other while we're all being used. Sister, sister, hear my heart. It's time to bring the family back. Together we must remember Earth. We must remember what life is all about. Sister, sister, I am your brother. Every time I've ever hurt you, I've always hurt myself. Sister, sister, hear my voice. It's all up to us. We have a choice. Crystal clear tears of salt come when my heart talks with sadness. The tears flow my emotional rivers. It's no damn use to pretend pain will not rise again. Crystal clear tears of salt help my heart to feel for something when I do not want to. Clear my vision, see my peace. Men don't cry. Indians are stoic. 
I tell that to my heart, my eyes, they just laugh at me. And sometimes when my spirit hurts, they make me cry. Crystal clear, tears of salt, purify my memory, help me understand. This is not the beginning, nor the end. For my children, to the people I can talk. When it comes to you, I know what to say. It's I just don't know how. I love you, that's not a question. Showing it has been confusing. My life has drifted, always. Somehow I could just never stay. I've rationalized I'm headed to a goal. Yet sometimes my heart hears me running to a future. Always from the past. I love you, don't want you hurt. I want you to realize your potential. I've always been afraid to interfere. My bias, my prejudice, my doubt, the weaker sides of me. I had to protect you, make you stronger. Compassion is to be your companion as you head to your destiny. I've tried the only way I knew. Please try to understand. I didn't know what else to do. And I love you. Yesterday's laughter is the balance for today. Today's tears are the cleansing for tomorrow. We started out so long ago. There was no one to teach us what we had to know. The days were ours. The times, they were extreme. We did our best and we did our worst in the constant struggle to understand why. Illusions and fantasies battering us, teaching us the hard way, forcing us to find a right way. Shelter and comfort coming where we found it. Constantly moving, it was like being chased by something we did not understand. Many are the times we could have just laid down and died, but the will of life helped us to survive. As we traveled through life with yesterday's laughter, the balance for today, and today's tears, a cleansing for tomorrow. Young ones, listen. Remember who we are. Remember where we are. Do not take the word of America. Listen to them as in caution. Live among them as in surrounded. Live not as they live. Live to appreciate. Seconds ago in eternity, ancient ones decided. Way before wounded spirits, dreams shattering under aggression. Earth is mother, we are children. The protection is our innocence. Seconds ago it was decided, we are the middle of forever. Look for your medicine. There is a white world gone mad. Thinking protection is in force. Greed, the machine preys on them, but they will not admit it or do anything about it. They have no medicine, with backs turned on children and elders. They do not even care for air or water or land or life. Too confused to care, there's no way to live. Young ones, listen. Remember who you are. Remember where you are. Remember why you are.
Sisters love our brothers. Imagine all of that, yeah, if you dare. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, bring me there. Yeah. Imagine all of that, imagine all, yeah. Imagine all of that, imagine all of that, imagine all of that, yeah, if you dare. East Coast, West Coast, bring me there. Imagine all of that, imagine all, yeah. Imagine all of that, imagine all of that, Sisters love our brothers. Imagine all of that, yeah, if you dare. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, bring me there. Yeah. Imagine all of that, imagine all, yeah. Imagine all of that, imagine all of that, imagine all of that, yeah, if you dare. East Coast, West Coast, bring me there. Imagine all of that, imagine all, yeah. Imagine all of that, imagine all of that. Imagine all the hate turn to light. Damn it, man, walking your back in sight. Imagine governments.
Alright, this is Teokasen Ghost Horse, and the background music is NASA Song of Earth. It's really, <clears throat> excuse me, a recording of what the Earth sounds like, actually. And if you listen to it re real carefully, it lasts about 30 so minutes or 30 so minutes. And you can hear life. And we turn that sound recorder shooting out to space to another planet. It doesn't quite sound like the Earth. I wanted to talk about the songs I just played. The Cleansing by John Trudell, which is a 1983 album called Tribal Voice. In the city, grass and concrete, taxi to Brooklyn, speakeasy. It's a whiskey scene the 1971 album by the Mark hyphen Almond Band and leaving, uh, leaving us with the song Imagination from the new album Imagine Nation with a capital N from Q052 a Mi'kmaq rapper from I can't say this Gizbag G-E-S-G-A-P-E-G-I-A-G -G -G -G. I'm going to try it guess and Imagination is a rap album tinged with old-school hip-hop rhythms where Q and his collaborators Stun, David Strickland, Hyper T, Will E, Scandas, Scandals, Wendigo, Simon Nevin, and Sensei H claim justice for indigenous peoples. And this album announces the release, The Storm. The album was called The Storm on April 15th and The Calm on May 6th. It's a creative year for Q052. here at the station the, the challenges of translating a new language when do native people come in where do we go when this new language that I speak called English this foreign language called English right as a native person as native people all the languages that came here are new they are foreign we'll dismiss that, we'll overlook that, we'll not talk about that, we'll make it a short one, a short conversation. I think I'll go. And just to go on out of here, I wanted to say one more thing, because I know it's time to go here. That something spiritual is happening at every moment all the time and I fail to see only when a hawk or an eagle or an epiphany occurs is the only time it happens why is it so easily why it so easily becomes a totem or some personal spirit animal subjective or objectifying prospect of personal benefit so many who are not involved with earth want to scientifically prove to possess the knowledge and information assuming the very same subjectivity 
and objectification for personal benefit. The dogma aspect is always invoked following by the secret society or the chosen one behavior. It's an empty shell, a lonely place that civilized individuals learn to live their lives in extractive pantras of greed. And I'm Teokazin Ghost Horse with First Voices Radio. And as we go out listening to the, the, verse, the voice of Earth, thank you for joining us here. Without the light, or oh, the darkness comes. Hold oh, through the night, mm, the shadows will run. Mm-hmm, fend off the enemy. Sing out the jubilee With all the fire we can breathe We're singing all day And you can't tame it High tide, low tide You know night time The morning time, yeah We're going strong Headed up down the river Oh Lord, I feel the reveling I feel a change on the rise mm-hmm. What good's a man Who's lost his soul Can't take a stand His flames gone cold of the enemy Sing out the jubilee With all the fire we can breathe We're singing all day And you can't tame it High tide, low tide You know morning time, yeah, we're going strong, headed up, down the river, oh Lord, I feel the reveling, I feel a change on the rise, Oh Lord, I feel the revelation.
change on the 